NXT, thank you so much for stopping by once again. CD, Danny Mac here, the voice that is your choice for NXT discussion, the guy with a PhD in NXT, that UFP show that talks about the NXT show. This is Undisputed Future Podcast, episode 115. I'm your host, CD, Danny Mac, and thank you so much for stopping by. I cannot tell you how much this release episode means to me, and with full transparency, here's the deal, folks. My last released episode was supposed to be in response to NXT TakeOver 30, but the the results of NXT TakeOver 30 ended up being of, well, not so much consequence the day after, seeing as how Killian Cross suffered an unfortunate separated shoulder injury that would require surgery. Keith Lee, former NXT champion, is now up on Monday Night Raw, and I've saved enough of that conversation. If you want my thoughts on how that's been going, follow at podcast underscore UF on Twitter, and that's where I talk all things wrestling. This show is primarily just for the NXT discussion. So with all of that coming to light post-TakeOver 30, I decided to sit back just a little bit, let these Super Tuesday events take place, let all of these sideshow sort of aspects of NXT really go on, and let's figure out what's going to happen the next TakeOver. So I thought, okay, I got a little while before the next TakeOver. It's September. September's not a popular TakeOver month. The odds of it happening in October, usually pretty low considering war games, the weekend of Survivor Series is usually the next most look forward to event on the NXT calendar. So I had enough time. I'm trying to catch up on work and just real life personal stuff getting in the way. Everybody knows how 2020 has been. This is not news of how much of a clusterfuck this year has possibly been. So that kind of sidetracks projects and hobbies, no matter how much they might mean to you. So stepping away for a little while, not the worst of ideas, thinking there's a little bit of a lull time in NXT with no champion and just the amount of events that needed to take place moving forward into this next takeover. There's a lot to discuss. There's a lot to cover. And full transparency, this is September 30th edition, and I'm ready to talk not just about the September 30th edition of NXT. That'll be the second half of this episode. I just want to go through... A little while, just a couple of the past highlights. We have a new champion. Finn Balor is the prince. He's finally captured what is his. The goal of moving back down, and I say down in air quotes, to NXT and leading the brand and bringing it to its full potential. Having a champion that has such a big name is a really important part of NXT right now. The reign of carrying cross, nobody expected it not to happen. The way the apocalyptic monster had been built with Scarlet the Harlot, we thought all things were killing, were carrying cross, and TikTok, it was just a matter of time before that reign reigned over NXT. And then just a couple of fortunate, unfortunate events since TakeOver 30, Separated Shoulder, and what does each and every title scene look like, and what does the ever-increasing women's division potential look like, Lots of questions to be answered. The primarily the focus of this is going to be on the next on the past two weeks leading up to takeover. So in respect, this will be primarily the September 23rd edition and September 30th edition of NXT television. Looking to record now and directly after 
that final credit shows on NXT television tonight. Just running things back just a little bit, Cole versus Pat McAfee was incredible. I did not expect what we got out of Pat McAfee inside of the squared circle. I'm actually looking forward to an NFL star stepping back in between the ropes for NXT. Pat McAfee for Triple H is everything that Rob Gronkowski was supposed to be for Vince McMahon. And that's about my two cents on American football stars being involved in NXT. An infamous title reign has begun in the North American Championship Division. Damian Priest capturing and conquering all of those involved in the North American title ladder match on NXT TakeOver 30. And Priest has had, Priest looks so good with that title. It just looks like it belongs. The guy looks like a star. He's got that presence about him. He's got that star maker attitude. Big things are coming for carrying for carrying cross. Big things are not coming for carrying cross's title reign. Big things can potentially still happen in the title reign of Damian Priest. He has had a couple of successful title defenses so far. Well, the one title defense and another impressive match with Austin Theory. Set aside uh, any internet talk on, on Austin Theory. And the kid is quite the talent. Outside of the ring options could be taken as a little bit stupid, but I'm not refusing to refer to his name like a certain VD featured on the roster. Uh, man, it was, it was great stuff. All over the place on NXT, including, and this needs to be discussed in heavy, heavy detail, the resurgence of Tommaso Ciampa, as well as the gauntlet eliminator match that determined our number one contender coming up for NXT TakeOver 31. Let's just let's just go back to the beginning for the September 30th edition of NXT. It's the second week we're back from Wednesdays. You know, we had those couple Super Tuesday events. Another reason why I was kind of discouraged of talking about NXT lately was the amount of complaining and unsatisfactory and how many times can you possibly complain about a great fatal four-way matchup? Yeah, it ended in a tie, but it ended up in a tie that gave us two of the best in singles competition for the NXT Championship in Finn Balor versus Adam Cole. And Finn Balor versus Adam Cole granted us Finn Balor once again as champion. The former longest reigning champion and the now longest reigning champion faced off one-on-one in an instant classic, and people still found ways to complain. So I'm not exactly happy with professional wrestling fans right now. Never mind some of the other disgusting things I've been reading online about just mocking people from meeting their favorites. Come on. Is it really a surprise that people may be wrestling fans and may also have social anxiety or developmental issues or be on the autism spectrum? Did none of that really occur to you people? I sit here with a brother and proudly sit here with a brother on that spectrum. And he's one of the most involved and dedicated fans that you can come across. So how fucking dare you if you're one of those people? So if you're one of those people, and by the way, Team NXT also denounces white supremacy. Uh, I don't know if that's necessary, but I see a lot of a lot of people taking to Twitter and denouncing that. So uh, I figured it was worth mentioning, especially what's going on in this wacky country 
Shout out to anybody not living in the United States who might be listening to this. I am looking for a little bit more of a pen pal. I'm kind of looking for an escape. Anyway, moving on. September 23rd, determining the women's number one contender, a battle royal of sorts. And before we talk about the now number one contender to the NXT Women's Championship, let's talk about a contender who will once again be missing some time. And this... This poor, poor girl, Tegan Knox. Tegan Knox just can't catch a break. News broke a little bit earlier this evening that Tegan Knox has suffered a torn ACL. Now, this could have taken place more recently than last week. Right now, its reasoning is Candice LeRae caused it with her backstage assault last week. So at least we have a continuation of the rivalry between Candice LeRae and Tegan Knox. At least the seeds are planted there. For Tegan Knox's eventual comeback. But as long as we can just kind of stay away from Candice LeRae and Johnny Gargano in home segments for a few weeks, I honestly think that's that's best for everybody. Because that's just another segment I've been kind of dreading to discuss on this on this podcast. Johnny and Candice just, just not doing it for me as heels. I don't know if anybody else is feeling that way. Johnny Gargano is just that grassroots face of the brand's babyface underdog that we need and NXT is used to. He's he's not a cocky prick as much as this Johnny Gargano way. I like the attitude. I like the slogan. I like the by any means necessary to pick up a win. But I just don't see Johnny Gargano as a serious heel. I think heels should be a little bit imposing. Johnny Gargano just doesn't have that face of imposition among other people. He doesn't have that sort of presence that he can loom over an opponent and really make them question. I mean, Johnny Takeover for his appearances, not for his win-loss record. So I think that's something that needs to be rethought in the process and kind of sidetracked from the woman's number one contender, Battle Royal. How are they related? Well, I'll get to how they're related in just a matter of moments. I want to talk primarily about this women's Battle Royal with Rhea Ripley and Raquel Gonzalez. Because these two juggernauts of women need the takeover stage. They deserve the takeover stage. I think Rhea Ripley versus Mercedes Martinez, personally, would have been that marquee secondary women's matchup on a takeover card. But Rhea Ripley and Mercedes Martinez would face off in a fantastic cage match. Go back a few more weeks if you want to check that out, if you missed that one. Mercedes Martinez, not on NXT, as it seems. It appears she's searching for a little bit of retribution on Monday nights. And that is not a segment I will be discussing, even though it's as clear as day. It's disgruntled NXT talents, Dominic Dijakovic, which in all fairness, T-Bar is a lot easier to say than Dijakovic, and so on and so forth. And not discussing that group, go to other podcasts if you want to hear complaints about retribution. I'm talking about Rhea and Raquel deserving a takeover stage, and I think they can deliver, as well as they delivered a hard-hitting performance in this battle royal, and would eliminate each other simultaneously. Candice LeRae and Shotzi Blackheart, the last two talents involved in this really wide net cast for these, these women's division talents in NXT, we've seen our usual likely faces like a Candice LeRae, like a Shotzi Blackheart, like Dakota Kai, like Aaliyah and the Robert Stone brand, but there are a lot of new faces in there as well. 
new signees, new performance center recruits, and a lot of them would learn the hard way, a little bit of hazing in this matchup maybe, based on how Rhea Ripley was throwing people clear over the top rope. Those women learn the hard way that this is the women's division to be with in the professional wrestling landscape. Candice and Shotzi would make it down to the last two. This finish was was just a little bit wacky. And, I mean, the Johnny Gargano way, it obviously casts over to his wife as well. With Really, the only way I could describe this is a wacky finish taking place from the steel steps and some crafty leg strength to deliver a monkey flip to Shotzi Blackheart, forcing her feet to the floor first and would secure Candice LeRae versus Io Shirai 2 at NXT TakeOver 31. Let's not forget the classic that we witnessed at NXT TakeOver Toronto 2. If somehow, by some miracle, you're discovering this podcast, but you're a new fan to NXT, go back a little bit of ways in the archives that is the WWE Network and go watch NXT TakeOver Toronto the most recent NXT TakeOver Toronto, they did not number this one, but NXT TakeOver Toronto 2, prior to last SummerSlam, incredible match between Candice LeRae and Io Shirai, and if we get half the performance in Florida at TakeOver 31, it's going to be a good women's match on this card. Now, to properly form things in the tag team division, which I think tag team wrestling across the scale on WWE is, is a little bit wacky at, at this very moment. But Detective Dango and Mr. Regal would come up to a solution. Let's create some odd pairings. Let's have Danny Burch team with Roderick Strong while Raul Mendoza would team with Fabian Eichner. And an English-English from American-English translation... From Danny Birch to William Regal, we're good. We're all good. The Englishmen were able to break it down in a way that each other were able to understand. And uh, check out Austin Powers Gold Member if you don't get my English-English reference. Now, something at the top of the docket that needs to be discussed is Tommaso Ciampa. Tommaso Ciampa absolutely decimated Jake Atlas. Not just in between the ropes, not just on the outside of the ring, not just forcing this young man to a stretcher, but dismantled him in the parking lot to the point where Kyle O'Reilly, a voice of the undisputed era, had to be the voice of reason. And that's a shocking turn of events in and of itself. Based on this weird gray area, undisputed era seems to be sorting in right now. It kind of feels like Kyle and Adam Cole are baby faces, while Roderick Strong and Bobby Fish are playing heels in the tag team race right now. Not really sure if I'm understanding what's going on, but I'll root for the Undisputed Era boys' opponent dependent, so that might be the best way to play it, honestly. If you want to root for them against certain opponents and they deserve to work heels against certain other ones, I think that might be... Uh, that might be a little dangerous, but I can understand it for now while NXT is in this... Not just rebuilding period, but now they're missing audience members due to COVID outbreaks. And there's there's so much working against pro wrestling right now. And it's not fair and it's not diminishing my love for it as much as it as much as I feel it should, 
but it's it's just been a reliable escape this year and there's just so many so many other things worth worrying about that the booking in pro wrestling just kind of feels like just just feels so minuscule in the grand scheme of things so i'm going to sit here enjoy what i enjoy and discuss what i would like to discuss and i would like to discuss how freaking jacked and monstrous Tommaso Ciampa has been the past few weeks. Ciampa would just lay out Jake Atlas on the September 23rd edition of NXT. There's no other way to put it. This young man has heart. This young man is a great representation of the LGBTQ community. He did not want to be referred to as that gay wrestler, which I totally understand. But it's worth putting out that the man is an ally and a great representation. That having a babyface as strong of a build as Jake Atlas has been getting can draw some eyes to NXT. Not just with members of the community, but with allies themselves. However, Tommaso Ciampa would have none of it, and Jake Atlas is in the perfect getting sympathy position after this vicious beatdown by Tommaso Ciampa. To sum up this matchup, the kid is just not ready to eat at the champion's table and there seems to be a lot of that going on with the head of the table and a tribal chief asserting his dominance on friday night smackdowns anyway hopefully we get more build for jake atlas coming up soon i think the kid is gonna just keep on coming back each and every week more resilient than the last one granted i think he might skip a couple tv appearances to really sell this beatdown he received from the psycho killer Tommaso Ciampa. Down to this wacky tag team. Let's discuss it. Danny Birch teaming with Roderick Strong. Raul Mendoza teaming with Fabian Eichner. Birch representing, of course, one-two punch, while Roderick Strong represents Undisputed Era. Mendoza, Legado del Fantasma, and Fabian Eichner representing the in-ring seriousness that is Imperium. The winners will face each other for singles matches next week. The unexpected chemistry between Roderick Strong and Danny Burch would lead to victory. This is not selling any of the other competitors short. Fabian Eichner, former Evolve champion, a standout in the Cruiserweight Classic back in the day. The man is the Italian Cesaro, in my opinion. He's got so much power, so much speed, so much explosiveness in between the ropes, Raul Mendoza. Honestly, I think he's my favorite in Legado del Fantasma because of his resilience, because of the repeated matches I've seen him have on NXT with the build that he's gotten. And the he's one win away from really breaking out, just having that investment in watching this guy go. He's become my favorite in that faction. Unfortunately, just not good enough. We'll have Roderick Strong, and Bobby Fish taking on one-two punch, Oni Orkin and Danny Burch. Coming up, I'm assuming this week, things are things, it's a changing landscape. What I discuss on this first half might be completely different. What we end up discussing just a few moments from now. I'll be sure to timestamp if you just want to listen to the takeover predictions and most recent NXT talk. Uh, I do want to discuss a little bit of that Damien Priest versus Austin Theory matchup. Theory looking to soften up Priest before TakeOver. I think Johnny Gargano is looking to owe him one 
prior to these two meeting. Uh, this was great. It was two really champion-looking studs, two real workhorses, two guys that you look at and think, that young kid has a lot going for him if he could just keep his head straight. Damian Priest, an experienced veteran, I'd say at this point. The Archer of Infamy, I know, is kind of a controversial nickname. I like it. I think it shows confidence. I think the man walks into the room, he calls bullseye on whatever he wants, and he has that confidence that he can deliver. Uh, Priest sending a beatdown to Austin Theory. Austin Theory obviously paying his dues in the past few weeks, getting, getting his ass kicked not only by Kushida, but by Damian Priest, North American champion here as well. A razor's edge onto the ring apron. God damn, my back hurts from sitting here and watching that go down. I don't know if you've heard, but that's the hardest part of the ring. It would be a reckoning for Austin Theory. One, two, three. Our North American champion has now retained successfully against Timothy Thatcher. Still not really certain what Thatcher did to earn that, uh, that contendership spot, but it was a good match. I see Thatcher as a big deal, as I'll discuss in the Gauntlet Eliminator match in just a few moments. But I think I think Damian Priest should have defended against somebody with a little bit better of a win-loss record. Maybe not somebody who coming out of a takeover loss for Priest's first opponent. I thought it was a good matchup, but I thought that I thought Damian Priest deserves a little bit more of an established opponent. I thought that Bronson Reed would earn that opportunity right out of the gate. Maybe you don't want to take two baby faces because the Damian Priest babyface push as champion has been there. I digress. It was a reckoning for Austin Theory. Johnny Gargano would attempt to blindside Priest's, and he's got the eyes, and he's got his own arrow on that North American title, and looks to secure it the Johnny Gargano way. And win-loss record aside, the Johnny Gargano way, by any means necessary, that includes trying to pull some underhanded shit against a much larger champion opponent. Not the first or last time we've seen Johnny Gargano be the smaller guy in a match. Hell, if Johnny Gargano's ever the bigger man in a matchup, I would chalk that up to a miracle in NXT booking. Moving on. A return has been highlighted for October 4th, 2020. The same very date of NXT TakeOver 31. Green Filter, looking a little bit on the DX sort of color scheme side, so you know this was produced on Triple H's brand, 100%. This individual is returning to NXT looking to take back what is theirs, and they are tired of paper champions. Those were all the clues I was able to gather. A little bit of searching up and down, and I want to thank the people with the patience to pause the video and zoom and look at this capture by capture, because podcast hosts like myself are able to use this information in their discussion. And this little reference is very special to me 
because it's the first show I discussed on this podcast. A TakeOver Orlando match card was seen on site during this, I don't know what you call it, a ransack, an invasion, a, I don't know. I don't know what you really call this one, a breaking and entering, I I suppose. I don't know, trespassing? I don't know. Just, (laughs) I thought it was a good segment. I think it's just vague enough where you're not certain who will be the one appearing. The hardest part about this segment for me was I couldn't exactly tell if it was the NXT World Championship that this individual was staring down or if it was the NXT Women's Championship they were staring down in this sort of glass cacophony display case situation going on there. But we know for a fact it's someone tired of paper champions And it's someone who's coming to take back what is theirs. My two guesses are, if it is a man returning to NXT, a former NXT champion, you run up and down the docket, I think Bo Dallas fits this mold. I think Bo Dallas has been off TV. I do not believe he was part of the release cuts made for COVID. And I say for COVID in quotes, due to WWE having one of the most profitable segments, uh, sections of the year that they've had during a pandemic. But I digress from that point. We're not talking economics here. I think Bo Dallas can return as a former NXT champion and start having some serious matches. Look, his brother Bray Wyatt is running things on SmackDown as The Fiend. The Bo Leave gimmick had a little bit of steam as a heel on the main roster. And I think Bo Dallas can really thrive in the right environment. I think the man is talented when he gets his shot. I think we see a little bit more of an aggressive side of Bo Dallas. I think he can be a serious contender in NXT. I think anybody who moves from Raw or SmackDown to NXT deserves to be looked at in a special light because they are former stars of the main brands of WWE And that should hold some weight. As far as women competitors go, I'm hoping and praying Ember Moon comes back to NXT because she is more than worthy of a competitor. She's a former NXT Women's Champion. My only worry would be is if she's coming back a little bit too soon from an Achilles injury. That's no joke. It's something that cost Edge his career in line with his series of neck injuries. The Achilles injury is no joke. If it is Ember Moon, and I'm sincerely hoping it is, I'm hoping it's done in the right amount of time with enough of a health concern put forth first. So Bo Dallas or Ember Moon, give me your thoughts on those picks. Who do you think is this dark mystery competitor returning to NXT on October 4th. Because if there's one thing we know for certain, folks, take those context clues as fact. It is a former NXT champion. It's a former NXT talent. Who is making this return? Who is ransacking things backstage? Uh, 
Let's see. What else? What else do we got? I was so hyped on that promo video. Do I can take more notes before the Gauntlet Eliminator matchup? Oh, uh, Ridge Holland got a squash match, and it didn't look like he almost broke somebody's neck. So that's good. Uh, Ridge Holland, he's got the right look. If he keeps his, if he keeps getting his reps and he keeps up with his improvements in safety protocols, I think Ridge Holland will be a fine in-ring competitor. For NXT, and I think all can uh, can really go Holland's way. I think he was a standout, shaping up on NXT UK before their hiatus, and I think more of the same is due with the right opponents here in NXT. Let's speak on this main event quickly. I'm hoping to just give this show a quick pause and jump right back behind the microphone after the September 30th edition of NXT television. But before I speak on the Gauntlet Eliminator match, I want to talk about the man who will be defending that championship against the number one contender, Finn Balor. The Finn Balor promo backstage in the right situation is great. I do want to see our champion with a live microphone. That is why I am anticipating his one-on-one this evening on NXT television. But I do think that Finn Balor... Backstage segments have been really well written. They've been really well delivered. The brand needs me more than I need the brand. And that is what it is. That's kind of a universally accepted fact that NXT needed Finn Bauer in this position. They need a standout champion. They need the first ever universal champion to represent their brand and really bring some eyes to it. They need... Finn Balor to bring out the best in the other superstars on NXT. You're not, iron sharpens iron, folks. You're not going to get the best competition unless you've got the best competitors in there. And damn it, if there's one thing we know for a fact is that Finn Balor is one of the world's top wrestlers. Do not debate this talent. The man's experienced enough. You've seen constant classics come out of him, whether it was NXT WWE, or NJPW. Finn Bauer is the real freaking deal, and the NXT Championship is his real prized possession. Let's get to the Gauntlet Eliminator matchup. Kyle O'Reilly and Kushida would start things off, and I thought they couldn't pick two more technical spectacles of competitors to start this one off. I thought it was great. I thought it laid the foundation for some real quality in-ring work. Great stuff between Kushida and Kyle to start this one off. Kyle O'Reilly really has a style that is unlike any other. Uniqueness and a unique looking boy is the colossal Bronson Reed. And I know a lot of people were worried that Bronson Reed did not get his full, new, improved entrance during this matchup. But I look at gauntlet entrances like Battle Royal entrances, folks. It's not going to get... The bells and the whistles and the titantron to its highest of degrees. It's just not going to happen. So with that being said, Bronson Reed still making an impact, still making a major appearance. A welcome appearance. Unlike this appearance, the VD would interfere and crush Kushida's hopes with the DV driver. A VD DVD driver. I don't know how to take I don't know how to take that one. 
Bronson Reed would take advantage of this situation set up by the VD, and it would be the first elimination and the first W in the gauntlet eliminator. Timothy Thatcher would come out next. Thatcher and Kyle O'Reilly, I could watch this. I could watch this back and forth and back and forth. I could watch this matchup all day. I could watch this matchup as a singles matchup, as a warm-up before takeover. Both men have in-ring experience and a technical background unlike any others. So I would thoroughly enjoy watching these two stallions lock it up one-on-one one day. They did deliver against each other. It was a great submission clinic after eliminating Bronson Reed. Uh, Cameron Grimes in this matchup. How about Cameron Grimes? Cameron Grimes, Grime time, baby. Shout out to the birthday boy here as I sit here and record this. It is Cameron Grimes' birthday if I have that social media update read correctly. Uh, Grimes looked like a house on fire, man. Up and down, all over the place. It was like the man made an incredibly hot tag and he was running around like his ass was on fire in between those ropes. Great stuff by Cameron Grimes. Grimes, KOR, and Thatcher being the final three. I would have loved to see any three of those men lock it up with Finn Balor. Thatcher would, hey, Thatch as Thatch can, catch as catch can. The man just got caught and quickly outdone and countered by Kyle O'Reilly. Kyle O'Reilly had the singles show of his life. And is this somebody texting me to agree with me? No, it's one of my Cleveland uh, Cleveland Indian fans texting me saying, <laughs> we're talking baseball playoffs here, folks. Um, let's go Yankees. If I lose any listeners due to that, I apologize. Um, anyway, Kyle O'Reilly would jam up Cameron Grimes. These two would have great one-on-one back and forth. Cameron Grimes is the true breakout tournament winner. Him and Bronson Reed getting the best exposure. But Cameron Grimes has been featured in the championship spotlight the most. Since that tournament, he made it to the finals. He was in great competitive spirits. He has a victory over Finn Balor, as controversial as that might have been. So I completely believed Cameron Grimes could have been number one contender by the end of this one. But it was the heart, it was the experience, and it was the evasive skills of Kyle O'Reilly that would secure him a victory here. KOR would jam up Cameron Grimes' knee and would quickly attack it and strike it with a knee bar, a perfectly executed knee bar to secure not just the victory, but the number one contender spot for NXT TakeOver 31. And this will be followed by a Goosebumps-worthy stare-down between the Prince and Champion Finn Balor and the air guitar-playing submission specialist of the Undisputed Era, Kyle O'Reilly. And let's look forward, folks. Let's look forward to September 30th when these two men formally stare down and meet face-to-face Accompanied, of course, by a moderator in Shawn Michaels. Let's hope Shawn Michaels is a more effective moderator than what Americans are used to based on Tuesday, September 29th. Not even going to get into that. This is not a politics podcast. Um, I'm going to timestamp it here, folks. 36 and a half minutes. I will talk to you about the September 30th edition of NXT right after this musical interlude. 
there, Team NXT. Welcome back if you're joining me for a second half of conversation, and welcome for the first time. If you're just jumping and taking advantage of the timestamp, I will be putting in the description of this episode. CD, Danny Mac here, voice that is your choice, NXT discussion, all that good stuff. Not going to do another intro. Just jump on podcast underscore UF. That's the only thing I will consistently plug on Twitter. Here to discuss the September 30th edition of NXT now, guys. Team NXT, we're back on track. Everything's cool. Well, is it though? Is it really cool? Yeah, it's awesome. And it's cool that there's a takeover this weekend. But the way that it's been built, not the way that it's been built, but the speed of which it's been built, it's... It feels like it got the amount of time to build for a main roster B-show. And takeovers are better than that. I'm not complaining about tonight's episode. I thought it was solid from up and down making me care about the women's, the cruiserweight division, the title picture, the association between Adam Cole and Kyle O'Reilly. All of these things came into play. Everything I wanted to come into play for a takeover go-home show did happen. But did it happen the right week i i don't know just i'm just so used to waiting until war games for now right around now so the hype is on a different level i know what match i'm going to be excited for but still mixing and matching who the possible competitors in that matchup could be will undisputed era attempt to run war games again are they going to be in one piece by november or is there how much tension is really building who's asking me about how much tension is building no um Oh, uh, just new email that I'm not going to be concerning myself with right now. Undisputed Era. Really the theme of the night. It it really, really has been. Uh, Kyle O'Reilly, Adam Cole. Adam Cole sticking his neck out for his boy after a, I mean, childhood bully just in the sense that Austin Theory was so much younger than, than these two in-ring veterans, but... I'll get to that mid-discussion. Ladies first, Shotzi Blackheart tanking her way through the arena to take on Dakota Kai. Very competitive women's matchup. Exactly what you need to see. Raquel Gonzalez on the outside being the diesel to Dakota Kai's HBK. Very important. Always a presence. Always a factor. You just never know when and you never know how. And there's very few things that can stop a woman of that size from doing whatever the hell she wants, whether she's the legal woman in a matchup or not, she's going to help out Dakota Kai. I'm really intriguing if I could just draw a parallel to just past storylines, and even one going on on the other channels at this moment is Raquel Gonzalez directly on Dakota Kai's payroll. No, no, she's on an NXT contract. WWE just signed a bunch of anarchists. Well, no, that's an assault to anarchists. Just signed a bunch of dudes in masks, not the COVID masks that you should be wearing, and uh, decided that was cheaper than security. Really, really don't understand the reasoning there. Not going to jump off into a retribution conversation. The NXT Women's Division is the top of the food chain. Shotzi Blackheart giving her all exactly what you'd expect. The unique offense delivering her own kicks to the captain of Team Kick. That's a ballsy move, and that's signature Shotzi Blackheart. 
like I said, Raquel always an outside factor. Will she interfere in this matchup? What kind of damage is Raquel Gonzalez going to do? I'm not sure if Raquel could have done anything more powerful or more dangerous or more... I don't know how to... I still don't know how to comprehend this this drop. It was either a backdrop by Dakota Kai, which I don't think it was, a slice bread attempt by Shotzi Blackheart. Of all the times where I wish she had her reliable spiked helmet on her head, it was at this moment in this match against Dakota Kai. It was brutal. It was scary. It was concerning. It makes you care as a fan, but it also makes you realize these people are putting their bodies on the line, even if it's a televised matchup. The women's division right now is already proven itself to be the best in the world. Up and down pro wrestling, NXT's women's division is the premier. And they'll still take these kind of risks to secure that spot. That's amazing. This isn't a title match. This is an opener. This is what you're going to throw on two of your best in the best division and saying, top this. If we want to continue that parallel with the competition, although and next Tuesdays is great marketing and business is great for everybody when it's formatted that way. No need. This is Wednesday, September 30th. Spiked Shotzi on her head, her own fruition, her own move, sliced bread, Dakota Kai taking advantage of a moment and delivering a savage, spiking backdrop. However you interpret it, a ballsy move as anticipated. Shotzi able to overcome in this matchup, able to get through a head injury, enduring all that punishment, not just from that spot, but from this entire competitive matchup. But she couldn't have won without a little bit of help from her friends. Rhea Ripley. Rhea Ripley would play spoiler to the involvement placed by Raquel Gonzalez on top of the apron. I said it before, but for those of you just joining this discussion, I cannot wait for Raquel versus Rhea Ripley. Unfortunately, not made official for this takeover. I don't know why Rhea Ripley versus Mercedes Martinez wasn't featured on a takeover as a secondary women's match. I don't know why this match isn't going to be featured at 31 for a secondary women's match. I just don't get it. Give Rhea Ripley a takeover match again. This is what we want to see. We want to see a Haas fight, not just in the North American Championship division. We want to see a Haas fight with the ladies as well, especially two that we know can bring it. Anyway. Competitive matchup, Shotzi able to overcome and defeat Dakota Kai with an outside assist from Rhea on Raquel, sending Raquel directly into the steps, making her a non-factor. Shotzi taking every bit of advantage, able to pin Dakota Kai and secure herself a victory. Shotzi Blackheart is becoming a player in this women's division. We saw her mix it up with Io Shirai. Good match against the champion. Not too far off from a victory. I don't know if she's the one who takes the title from Io Shirai, but Shotzi Blackheart, she could be that babyface that beats the next real major heel in the division. And I think I think there can get a serious movement behind her. And uh, that tank, 
can have an army of fans surrounding it. Moving forward from the ladies' division, from the talented NXT women's division, to the talented cruiserweight division, our hasn't-been-pinned-on-NXT-television champion, Santos Escobar, the leader of Legado del Fantasma, has a spirited discussion. I don't want to call it a debate because I think the term debate in pro wrestling is an insult compared to what us Americans had to sit and deal with. A spirited discussion from Isaiah Swerve Scott and Santos Escobar discussing the NXT Cruiserweight Championship, the first time that the NXT Cruiserweight Championship will not only be defended on a takeover kickoff, but will be defended as part of the main card. Long overdue. Very excited for it, especially with two talents of this caliber. Caliber. Easy for me to say. And Santos Escobar and Isaiah Swerve Scott. Swerve is the only man to do it. Swerve is the only man to pin Escobar. Unpinned by any other opponent on NXT television. Swerve is the only man to execute that impressive driver and send Santos crashing down into the ground. Santos says Swerve just simply can't beat him. In the exact same cocky attitude with that distinct tone in his voice that he knows He is the top tier of Lucha Libre right now. He's bringing that tradition to the forefront. He's showing that it's not just flips and tricks, but it's an embodiment of pro wrestling. It's this this wing of the sport that he has perfected. And yeah, he'll reach back into some traditions, like a a loaded Lucha mask. But he's champion. He's running the division as he sees fit. He's pushing his traditions as he sees fit. Isaiah Swerve Scott, though. Swerve means confidence. We've heard him say it once. We've heard him say it twice. I'll listen all day. Swerve means confidence. And that's what I saw from the number one contender in this segment. I saw a sharp-dressed suit game looking very hurt business. Maybe get him a designer tie next time. But I saw a man who knows. He's confident in his abilities to be the top dog of the cruiserweight division. And I've got a lot of money on Swerve this weekend. I don't want to give any... I'm not sitting here and giving all my predictions. But an early one, I've had Swerve on my watch list for quite some time. Swerve is due to be champion. I think Santos has done excellence. I love the cruiserweight championship tournament that brought him to us as champion of course featuring that incredible drake maverick story that while controversial during a pandemic hiring and firing period as that might have been emotional nonetheless but swerve and santos delivering here santos claiming you're a parasite and just another loose end just an untold story that will finish And the final chapter will be written on his terms at TakeOver. But Santos Escobar will continue his crusade for serious lucha culture. And he'll prove that with this title defense at TakeOver. That's what the leader of Legado del Fantasma is vowing to us. I don't see it. 
I like Swerve. I love the confidence. And I cannot get enough of that finishing maneuver. Gotta look up that gotta look up that meme. Gotta look up what uh what the name of it is. It's slipping my mind right now. KOR Prime Target, I'm gonna cover going into the uh going into the face-to-face with HBK and our NXT champion Finn Balor. Let's get some more of the painful stuff out of the way. Uh, the Garganos were interviewed. Speaking of painful things, Johnny Gargano was a heel. Candice LeRae, able to pull it off better than her husband is. I don't know. I think there's just certain energy around it, or it's the change of hair color, and Candice is able to alter her look more to personify a poisoned pixie. And I believe her is a heel more. I don't know what it is. Anyway, NXT's power couple... Not looking away from Johnny's in-ring ability. Not looking away is one of my favorite wrestlers, bell to bell in NXT history. Just not a fan of the personality right now. I don't like the at-home segments. Tegan Knox tears her ACL because, well, she didn't replace the television that she broke at the Gargano's house. I'll admit that did get a chuckle out of me as dark of a situation as that is. Uh, they just looked to make history. They weren't a fan of Sarah's journalism. That's what I got out of this segment. You know, a couple, you're doing great, sweeties, and then as soon as she turns around, that was terrible. Where'd you go to journalism? That sort of things like that. Moving on to the moon. We're moving up to the moon. Cameron Grimes. The Cameron Grimes promotional, invitational stepping stones to the moon match. Uh, it was okay. It was entertaining. I think Cameron Grimes is entertaining. I think he's the true breakout star of the breakout tournaments. I see nothing but upside of him. Now, this is a guy you believe is a heel. This is the obnoxious in your face. He has the look. He has the hat. He's got the cave in. It's hard to boo that badass crossbody flipping. What the hell did he just do move that he does each and every time? He has a great match. But Cameron Grimes is undeniable. This got this got some booze out of me. He caved in what's-his-face from the, I believe, Tom Phillips backed up the claim, 80-pound weight division in NCAA wrestling. I didn't catch the young man's name. I believe I was answering a text message or sending out a clever tweet at the time, at podcast underscore UF. He would cave in opponent number one, but could not do the same for the secondary. Ridge Holland, a man I talked about earlier in this episode. Ridge Holland, able to not break Cameron Grimes' neck. We're going into a couple segments in a row. That's good. And just stomped and headbutted the piss out of him. Not a match. It began as a match, but it was an open challenge answered as a fight. And I dug it. Ridge Holland using headbutts. I could really get behind. They look good, but at the same time, you watch him close enough, you could tell he's doing them the right way. So there's no need for, well, there's always some need for CTE concern, but I think Mr. Holland is trying to lessen those fears from any fans who who might be concerned. Cameron Grimes' post-beatdown would be met with the presence of a presence somewhat met in NXT. Depends on who you are. I'm a big fan of it, but just a feeling that the tone in the arena might change. Yes, I'm talking about Dexter Loomis, 
Loomis spotted backstage staring down Cameron Grimes in a what-the-hell-do-you-want fashion. That's a rivalry I can get behind. The -the over-the-top personality obnoxiousness with that cool, cold, serial killer-esque presence from Dexter Loomis. Moving forward, Austin Theory. Austin Theory, here it is, dismissing Kyle O'Reilly's opportunity as the future. A valid point from a man who's just as young as my younger brother. I'll give him that. He looks about twice my weight, but he's the same age as my six-year difference younger brother. Go figure that one. The kid works hard. There's no denying that. But theory, calling out Kyle O'Reilly, nah, not a, uh, (laughs) let's just keep on digging the hole deeper and deeper and deeper. With Austin Theory. Austin Theory suffering a string of losses as of late. Could not happen to a nicer guy. But he looked good on television. He had a great match with Damian Priest I mentioned earlier. He had a good match with Kushida. Kushida being a slayer of those who the internet has seen doing wrong. And uh, of course we know of the evidence against VD. And I'll talk about Kushida, VD's opponent here. Right now, vowing to step it up at TakeOver. He will explode and he will be victorious, and he was able to do this exact same thing against former cruiserweight champion and Long Island native. I was just there this past weekend, possibly. uh, I don't know if Tony Nese is a Nassau County or a Suffolk County fella, but I was in his neck of the woods uh, just a couple days ago. A limb-by-limb dissection to the former cruiserweight champion by Kushida, and a real focused on the arm of Tony Nese, just brutalizing it. And then the viciousness delivered, almost matching the casual, the casualness at which the move was delivered. Kushida just locking up submissions, smashing into turnbuckles and just the hoverboard lock to seal it all up and a victory for Kushida. He would be interrupted by the VD after this mashup, but uh, I just kind of don't tend to give my attention to his TV time moving forward. And I'm 55 minutes into this episode. Look at the time. Moving on to somebody who matters, the longest reigning NXT champion of all time. I think that's somebody who matters. Adam Cole, baby. Repeating the dominance that the Undisputed Era has had and that the Golden Prophecy was fulfilled. You got to mention that each and every single time you can. Quite the achievement by four of the greatest wrestlers going today. And Austin Theory would be called out by name for his words. And Cole would demand that he attempted to say these things face to face. This is what a leader of a faction does. Excuse me. This is what a determined leader does. This is what somebody who wishes the best for his friends does, somebody who's got his boys back no matter what, say that about him to my face and see where that gets you. The two options presented would would either way lead to an Austin Theory beatdown. So we had ourselves a match, another great match, another good showing for Austin Theory. The kid is the real deal. But he's not real enough to hang with an over 400-day reigning NXT champion and leader like Adam Cole. 
The match is on, Cole dominating so very much of this, but there's no denying that Theory was able to get back into it by hook or by crook for some of it. Can't deny either man's ability. Theory getting one shot, but he would blow this shot. Adam Cole would land one hell of a super kick and then a vicious last shot knee strike to the back of the young man's head. For the victory, Theory suffers a last shot and probably not the last L on his list. Adam Cole was all support. He's all supporting his undisputed era brethren. Kyle O'Reilly was born ready and he will shock not just the system, but he will shock the world. These are Adam Cole's words said with Adam Cole's confidence in his friend. But what if he doesn't? What if Kyle doesn't shock the world? What if Kyle O'Reilly uses his first chance at the NXT title? And blows it. What does this look like in the eyes of the leader, Adam Cole? Does Adam Cole all of a sudden see a weak link in the Undisputed Era? Cannot everybody hang at the championship caliber that he can? Does a loss by Kyle O'Reilly plant the seeds of doubt in Adam Cole's mind behind one of his longest running friends? One of his best teammates and one of his best opponents. Right now, Adam Cole sees the potential for Kyle O'Reilly as NXT champion. But what if Sunday comes and goes and it doesn't happen? Do we continue some tension and dissension? Go back in the archives for that in the Undisputed Era. What happens if he doesn't? Think on that between now and Sunday, folks. Moving forward with our North American champion, Damian Priest. Damian Priest making promises. And a promise of a preview of TakeOver. A retaining of titles and success for a rock star tag team with a rock star attitude. Mutual respect between Io Shirai and Damian Priest is clearly there. She's pretty cool. She thinks she's okay. Always dig a good promo in Japanese. I liked it. They're taking on the power couple in the main event this evening. Caden Carter versus Zia Lee. I can't say much about the match. The match is exactly what I expected. I'm a huge fan of both these ladies. It was a solid performance. Caden, Lacey Lane, formerly known as, great competitor for a while. Personality is pretty much maintained throughout the character, despite the name change. The one thing I want to walk away with discussing here is the spicy attitude of Zioe. Zioe not happy with her team's performance, denying handshakes. Clearly not satisfied with not winning the Battle Royal. Still angry. There's an anger building with Zia Lee. And after a great back and forth match, 
Zaiwei would continue to lose and continue to have this aggressive, spicy attitude. Despite Caden Carter sticking out her hand in sportsmanship, Zaiwei's having none of it. I think there's a change coming. I think somebody's done playing nice. I think the last person who had a problem with Zaiwei ended up getting a vicious roundhouse kick shin to nose. And uh, I assume the Robert Stone brand is helping Aaliyah with any further nose injuries that may occur in between the squared circle. Anyway, what's next for Zioe? Cannot wait to see where this further character evolution takes her. Let's talk about the NXT Championship picture, shall we? A gentleman's face-to-face. And I mean this wholeheartedly. Kyle O'Reilly and Finn Bauer. HBK, Shawn Michaels. Shawn Michaels, one hell of a moderator, by the way. I really admired his work. Uh, A gentleman's handshake would start this face-to-face. I admired that. It's not like these two are very foreign to each other. Um, Bauer would deliver the respects and clearly appreciates the talent needed to win the gauntlet match last week. And that's what I liked about this segment. You could tell that there were mutual feelings of not just respect, but anticipation of stepping in the ring with each other as well. Kyle's been looking for this opportunity to go one-on-one with Finn Bauer in NXT for a long time, but they just missed each other, like two ships passing in the night from NXT and main roster or Japan or wherever it might have been. This week's episode unofficially brought to you by Squirt Mexican Soda, by the way. It's it's good stuff. This Sunday is about Kyle O'Reilly and Kyle O'Reilly's moments. HBK addressing an elephant in the room, something that Twitter had clearly been discussing. Tension and dissension, power struggle between the Undisputed Era. And I just touched on that. Kyle denies it. He would also deny claims of being the underdog. That's bullshit. He, Kyle's sticking out his neck and saying that Finn has never seen an opponent like him. Biggest match of your career every single week. This, this is the real deal. Finn Bauer admittedly loves the wit, he loves the charisma, and he loves the ability in the ring respecting and admiring his opponent this evening. This segment was nice, but it wasn't too nice. There was enough animosity on each side. There were appropriate shots taken. The business watches Finn Bauer is the moral of the story. And Kyle would be champion if he was competing against anybody but Finn Bauer. Highly anticipated match. It's going to be a technical spectacle. Both these guys can move. Cannot wait to see what the main event of NXT TakeOver 31 has for us. Like I mentioned, it's a rushed TakeOver. The build feels like compact and sped up. But the card is going to deliver. This will be quite the NXT Championship match.
Main event time, Damian Priest and Io Shirai teaming together to take on Johnny Gargano and Candice LeRae. The Garganos, the Wrestlings, however you want to address NXT's so-called first ever power couple. Team Rockstar, however, which is a way cooler name in one's opinion, would storm the ring, immediately getting in the face of Gargano and LeRae. And the Johnny Gargano way claims cheap shots are okay, whatever it takes to win, but unless you're on the other side of things, then you cower and run to the outside. I don't get what cockiness came from all of this then, because Johnny would all of a sudden stand like he was somehow over six feet tall, really trying to slap around and get inside the mind of our North American champion. This is where the Johnny Gargano heel stuff really just doesn't do it for me. When David is fighting Goliath, David should not be the dickhead. David should be the underdog. Goliath should be the stomping around monster imposing his will. In this case, David is an underhanded chicken shit heel. And Goliath is a tall, tan, good-looking guy from New York City who parties and has a hot tub in the parking lot. Not very, not easy at all to root against a guy like that. So, I'm trying to see the perspective on it, just not how, uh, just too chained, too far from the norm, I guess, in, uh, in my opinion. And, like, I'll repeat until the cows go home, come home. Johnny Gargano, as the underdog babyface, delivers some of the greatest matches in NXT. Moving forward, though, getting in the face of a larger opponent will be quickly stopped, and here comes Io Shirai and Candice LeRae, and I could have watched the two of them for the rest of this matchup until that very ending. Because this was the meat and potatoes of the matchup. The chemistry between Candice LeRae and Io Shirai is undeniable. It's there. It's there, folks. It's it's going to be a repeat instant classic of NXT TakeOver Toronto 2. We're in for one hell of a treat in the NXT Women's Championship match this Sunday. And the momentum would be on the side of the challenger. Because not only would Candice be able to get in a really a few really good shots on Io Shirai through the course of this matchup, she would also be the X Factor in delivering her husband a victory because Johnny would almost meet his reckoning and Candice would strike with a low blow while the referee was reprimanding Io Shirai for stepping out of the ring because she wasn't the legal woman. I understand these kind of things when there's an arena full of people screaming, but NXT, the crowd isn't large enough for outside noise interference and traffic and the contact can be heard and there's, there's so much suspension of disbelief while watching pro wrestling it's hard to pile on that when there's no crowd, and that's what kind of bites about this finish. It makes sense in story. You give the power couple the momentum. You allow Johnny to pin Damian Priest, the North American champion. 
You let Io Shirai get a little bit of an attitude. Candice LeRae hits a beautiful backstabber. And they stand tall with the titles. I understand all of that. But the actual technicalities to stomping around. And I mean, Candice is small and light. and But it wasn't sneaky. And it wasn't enough of a diversion. And it wasn't far enough away. I don't know. There's, there's a couple things worth complaining about. But... I'm not going to sit here and spend too much time on it. I like to keep the positive vibes on this show. If you're a long-time listener, you know that. One high spot from this matchup, and I want to end this on the note. I want to get the finish out of the way and uh, transition into takeover predictions. I loved Io Shirai standing real tall on Damian Priest's shoulders and wiping out the cowardice couple on the outside. That was very much enjoyable. Moving forward, takeover predictions. I feel like I just did these, and if you're doing this episodically, then technically, yes. Yes, I did just do these. Takeover 31, Sunday, October 4th, 2020. Let's address an elephant in the room before we get to predictions. Who is debuting? Who is re-debuting? Who is returning to NXT? We got another snippet of a segment involving a motorcycle jacket and the mention of paper champions there would be a paper with both champions on it the decoding did not further this week I was not able to pick this segment apart and I have not come across in the last time period of uh, of recording from the first half of this episode to now any more evidence on Twitter from people who have paused this frame by frame. So I'm going to stay with my predictions that Bo Dallas is going to come back to NXT in a serious role, reminding every single human within ears and eyes and arms reach that he was a former NXT champion and he's back for respect. Or we have somebody returning from an injury with a lighter if non-existent travel schedule across the board right now in pro wrestling, but one one returning home sort of atmosphere for an Ember Moon. I want to see Ember Moon back in this NXT women's division. The talent is already stacked. Could you imagine adding Ember Moon to the mix? I mean, everything in her arsenal, but adding the Eclipse as a spectacle in this division again? That's what I want to see. So Ember Moon or Bo Dallas, my two predictions, who is returning, who is the green filter vigilante suspect. I don't really know what to, what to coin them other than mysterious person. Who is the October 4th mysterious person? Give me your thoughts at podcast underscore UF on Twitter. Now let's get into the matchups. Starting with why not? We just drifted away from this conversation. Let's keep them in the conversation. Damian Priest versus Johnny Gargano for the NXT North American Championship. Damian Priest's reign of infamy will not end at the hands of Johnny Gargano. The power couple will not hit this takeover, but I do think it will happen in the future. Johnny and Candice are going to hold two titles 
at the same time. It's going to happen. It's not going to happen after TakeOver 31. Damien Priest and the reign of infamy will continue. Damien Priest beats Johnny Gargano. Candice LeRae taking on Io Shirai for the NXT Women's Championship. I think Io Shirai retains. I don't want to see Io Shirai go anywhere. This prediction is mostly made out of selfishness. I think there's already a lot of unused women elsewhere on Raw and SmackDown. Io Shirai should be that constant champion for NXT. Let's build a couple of heels by having them step up to Io Shirai. Let's give Dakota Kai another opportunity to keep up this vicious side. Candice LeRae, this won't be her last match against Io Shirai. The chemistry is too good. I just don't think it comes to fruition this first time that the power couple storyline in NXT is to be mentioned. So Io Shirai retaining her women's championship against Candice LeRae. VD versus Kushida. Kushida breaks that dude's arm. Maybe he breaks both his arms. Maybe he breaks all 10 of his fingers so he doesn't send direct messages to anybody he shouldn't be talking to. Escobar. Santos. Escobar. Leader of Legado del Fantasma. Takes on Isaiah. Swerve Scott. I made this prediction earlier in the episode. Isaiah Swerve Scott. Swerve means confidence. I have confidence in Swerve that he walks out of NXT TakeOver 31 as the new NXT Cruiserweight Champion. And last, but certainly not least, something I've been stalling for as far as predictions go, because it hurts my heart to say it, Kyle O'Reilly versus Finn Balor for the NXT Championship. Kyle O'Reilly will not be playing the air guitar on an NXT World Championship at the expense of the Prince. Finn Balor is going to retain his NXT Championship. Finn Balor's NXT Championship reign, this run needs to be exactly or more than his first reign. You need to make this worthwhile. Why exactly was... He's so set on coming back here. He wants to reimagine a legacy that is already impressive with an over 200-day reign as champion. Finn Balor needs to retain. He needs the multiple successful title defenses. And this one will come at the expense of Kyle O'Reilly even though Kyle assures us that this will not be the first defense guarantee that everything is. It's going to be one hell of a matchup, though. This this main event is going to be something incredibly special. You could tell. I'll, I'll stamp this point home because I feel it's the most important part of this match. The anticipation that both of these men have had the mutual anticipation for this matchup is what's going to make it special. It's what's going to make each man put forth their absolute best in competing with one another. It's all a matter of who wants it more. It's the prince's time 
It's Finn Balor's brand. The business watches him. But Kyle O'Reilly is something special. He's a unique athlete. He's got an incredible style. As somebody with a bit of a jiu-jitsu background of my own, I feel that. I understand him. I like his strikes. I like his moveset. He's my favorite member of Undisputed Era. But he's not going to be NXT champion at the expense of Finn Balor. Please, Team NXT, give me your predictions. I know it's a short build. I know it's short notice for a takeover. But I know you have your thoughts. Reach out to me. I want to hear them. I want to talk with you. This is why I do a solo show, because I'm looking to build more people to discuss wrestling with. We are in a good period of pro wrestling right now, despite what the hell is going on with the world. This is a great escape. It's a rush takeover. It's sooner than anticipated. But I really think the world can... The world needs a break right now. And big-time pro wrestling events can give us that distraction. They can give us that separation from reality just for a couple of hours. And that's the... That's the glass half full mentality you kind of got to look at this event as. It's a takeover. A takeover on any weekend is pretty damn good in my eyes. Yeah, that's an email saying shut up and wrap this show up already. You're talking for over an hour, 15 minutes. Okay, cheap plugs got to come first. At podcast underscore UF is the Twitter, as just said a few moments ago. My most popular form of social media that I use. Reach out with all types of wrestling. I'll even tweet about AEW on there. Shocking to the system, I know. But I'll watch everything. Raw, SmackDown, NJPW, Ring of Honor. I gotta watch that pure tournament. There's so much wrestling to discuss. I want your NXT thoughts, but I'll talk about anything. At podcast underscore UF. Instagram exists, but I'm having a little bit of a difficulty to recover it right now at Undisputed Future Podcast, all one word. Uh, follow the Facebook. I'm going to start trying to reach out on the Facebook more since I can't really use the Instagram at this very point in time. So uh, give me a couple likes on there. I'll try and drop a status before TakeOver 31. Maybe drop a thread for asking predictions on, uh, on there as well. Thank you so much, no matter how, where, when you're listening to me, whether it is Apple Podcasts, Google Play Podcasts, Stitcher, Last.fm, anywhere, and my popular advertising choice of SoundCloud, thank you so much for listening to the show. I hear sirens outside. Maybe they're coming for me. Um, enjoy TakeOver, Team NXT. Have a great weekend. Have a great rest of your week. Stay safe out there. Mental health is important. Give yourself breaks. Remember to breathe. And remember you're doing all you can. If you're listening to this, you're staying safe and you're surviving a pandemic. That's intense shit. There's no denying it. Enjoy TakeOver on Sunday, October 4th. That's right, Sunday, October 4th. A TakeOver Sunday, so... If your work schedule is going to get messed up on Monday like mine is anticipating to be, you got somebody in the boat there with you. I'm CD Danny Mac, the voice that is your choice for NXT discussion, the guy with a PhD in NXT. 
Thank you so much for listening to episode 115 of the UFP show, all about the NXT show, the undisputed future podcast, and I will talk to you next time.